nerd. 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 I'm not kissing a nerd. What is a nerd? Nerd! Holy crap, are we nerdy? Alright, welcome Nerdables to episode 102. This week I'm joined by Sebastian, Chris, and Shauna. Hi guys. And we are going to be discussing the Long Beach Comic Con, Jessica Jones trailer, DC canceling seven titles, the new Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and maybe talk a little bit about Star Wars Shattered Empire number one and Star Wars Aftermath. So everybody went to Long Beach, right? Shauna did not no. go to Long Beach. Shauna did not go. Shauna didn't go to Long Beach, but uh, I went. You both went. You know what's amazing is I didn't see Chris until we were getting ready to leave. I didn't see you at all, but I've at, at Comic-Con, like I'll run into you guys like four or five times on the floor without even trying. Well, Comic-Con's yeah. a much smaller show, so there's much more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I ran, into, I ran into people from work. I ran into people that I recognize from other cons. Yeah. That's always the best. You see people like, I remember that guy. I remember that guy too. You know, I ran into like customers from work. Yeah. But yeah, I never saw you. And the only reason I saw Sebastian is because we were texting each other to, to meet up at one point. Yeah. And you, and you, and you kind of stayed with us though. <laughs> yeah. So what'd you guys think of uh, Long Beach? I felt about the same as last year, but there were a lot more people. Um, a lot, a lot more people. There were a ton of people. I was surprised. You see, I haven't, I've never gone on a Saturday except for... I think the very first year, so this is years ago, Mikey and I went on, on the Saturday when it was like 25 bucks to get in, and basically I just played video games the whole time because we walked the floor like in 10 minutes. But last year and the year before, I went on Sunday, and it, it wasn't empty by any means, but it wasn't packed. This year, going on Saturday, I definitely was kind of not shocked but i was like boy there's a lot of people here there's a lot more people here than i'm used to at long beach and i just chalked it up to being saturday to being the first day mm-hmm. and i don't know i mean did you have you gone on saturdays yeah in previous usually years I do and this, go on saturday. Okay. this was way more people uh the even just the experience of picking up my tickets i pre-bought my badge or wristband uh and i went i got there about 11 30 ish and the line was about three hours long that's amazing because they would at that point they would have been open for two hours. Yeah, the line stretched from the badge pickup to the outdoors to the street, yeah. and then coiled back to the outer doors three times. So I just resigned myself to buying another ticket and then got a refund on the one I didn't redeem. Which yeah, w- which is crazy because just the area to buy a ticket if you didn't prevent there was nobody in line. It was just that's uh, that that reminds me so much of the second year of Kamikaze. Yeah. Where the yeah. pre the pre badge pickup was insane, and it was the same thing. You said that uh, someone there mentioned something about yes, like, yeah, three times one of the employers. Yeah, there was the same amount of space, but with three times the people. Yeah, yeah, the floor well, felt really crowded. But Kamikaze had that same problem the second yeah. year, where they're just like, well, we didn't expect this many people to show up because they did some Groupon too that they didn't. Right, count that was the tickets. problem was the Groupon that they did. Yeah, they didn't count that as tickets, so they really didn't have a clear, a very clear number of what was there. But that was the same problem where. We're in line in the concourse of the LA Convention Center, or the the lobby or whatever of it, in a line that doesn't look like it's going anywhere. It's just snaking everywhere. And then anyone who didn't prepay could just walk up and purchase tickets immediately and walk right, in. Right. Now, I got there at like 9.30. So I got there at the point, in fact, it must have been a little bit before 9.30 because when I walked in, the like executive director of Long Beach Comic Con was 
at the doors with a bullhorn, you know, like, we want to welcome everybody to Long Beach, yada, yada, yada. This is what we're doing today. And we got in line, and it probably was 10 minutes, maybe 15 tops. I mean, at the point, I went with two friends of mine, and one of the, uh, excuse me, one of the, the, the people I went with, she ran to the restroom, and we just keep moving, and I text her, I'm like, you better hurry, get out of here, because we're getting closer. So See, we had no problem, but that's once it opens, I can't believe that many people showed up it that was, late. Yeah. yeah. Well, we I mean, got that's there an hour and a half after the doors opened. We got there at ten, maybe ten, 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 fifteen, and the line was out of the concourse and down all the way. You know how the, there's the top concrete, like uh, yeah, the drive. outer area that goes right to the street. It goes right to yeah, the street. Yeah. When, when we were driving, they were like, "I wonder what that line is for." And then when I got there, I was like, oh, it's the pickup line, because then it started to snake. And three hours is a little bit of an exaggeration, but I, a few people who were closer to the door was like, oh, I've been here for like an hour and 20 minutes already. That's stupid to pick up badges. I mean, the fact that you can pick up badges at San Diego faster than that. Yeah. Well, see, the other well, problem... They, and they only had, uh, for the pickup, like, the pickup windows, there were maybe three or four pickup windows. There, that was one of the problems. The other problem was that they had the, the pickup line going right in front of the panel rooms. So, like, three of the big major panel rooms, you had to, you know, circumvent through. You had, you had to go through the, the people coming in, and they tried to keep it spread apart, and you, they just weren't doing it. Because when we came down, we went to one of the panels, and we walked by the panel rooms at, like, 1230 or something, and they were finally just giving out wristbands to people. They had, like, four or five different people in there that were just totally giving out wristbands before you even got to... again. That was Kamikaze. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's exactly hanging, what it was. Started handing out weekend, bat, weekend wristbands as they were walking through the line that second year because everyone but, was so much trouble. Did you guys notice that there seemed to be more people on the concourse than there was on the floor? Yeah, it was mostly cosplayers and people. I never made it back to the concourse. And once we got in, photos. Yeah, yeah. once we got in, it was just we went up and down the aisles. We, we did this thing where we were looking for stuff. Right. Yeah, and we weren't. Um, we were actually buying things and, and looking at merchandise and engaging with creators. It was so different than just standing in a concourse taking pictures of three thousand cosplayers. Right. Yeah. Well, we. I mean, we walked in. We did all it. of them dressed as Winter Soldier. See, I only saw one Winter Soldier. I saw like fifteen of them. That's crazy. It was everywhere. Winter Soldier and Harley Quinn were the two big costumes I saw. I saw a couple of the Suicide Squad movie Harley. Quinn. I saw one of those. I saw I saw five or six uh, movie Scarlet Witches. Okay, I didn't see any of those. No, I didn't, I didn't see, see that. Any was of that. that's what was surprising. And I didn't to me. see. I, I have a feeling they were all outside. That's possible. On too. the floor, I didn't see a lot of Deadpool when no. we when we were leaving. There was a bunch by some van that was playing like, you know, hip hop music or whatever, and they were all dancing. I'm like, oh, that's where they all are. I did see a Harley Quinn uh, Princess Leia mashup. Okay, that was the first time I've seen that one. Um. So what did you guys think of the floor itself? Better, I think, a little bit. I mean, the the aisles made absolutely no sense. The aisles were so it's, crazy. It's that that side of it is always so tough because of that huge, like, what, what's the word? They, like, yeah, the, the, it's the, almost like a triangle in there. I mean, yes. it's so weird because there's a huge angle on one side. I know when when you and I did the show for the store. We were at a spot where we're like, oh, we're right at the entrance. No, wait, are we in the back entrance? Or are we in the front? front we end, couldn't yeah. figure it out. And the same thing, once you got past ours, the aisles completely changed. The people that I was with, we, we went on a, if we were to walk in, we would go straight ahead, then, you know, move to the left and then come back and do that as aisle by aisle. <coughs> and over and over again, when we would get into a booth for a little while and get out, 
they would be confused as to which way we were going. Right. They would walk out and go, no, we're just going that way. I'm like, that's not even an aisle. You know, the rows and the everything was kind of haphazard. Right. I thought that, some sections had yeah. signs, like right. uh, like Artist Alley had a sign, but then the animator section did not have a big sign yeah. at all. It was just like I went I went to looking for somebody. It was like like AI some like three o something. It's like what section of this is that? And then I looked at like their photo of the map, and mm-hmm. I tried matching them to the to the lines. Like I have no idea because like the the signage was perpendicular to the actual table arrangements. Yeah, yeah if you and, were searching for something, then yeah. I, I wish you luck. The well, we got way, in. Yeah, the only way I found his table was he posted a photo on Instagram and was like, okay, what angle is this <laughs> sign at? And maybe I can... Yeah, there was, there was a couple of booths that I was going back to that I ended up taking pictures of. Like, wait, I got to remember where this is. When we got in there, we 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 went down 100. You know, right there where you first walk in, you, you, they have the... Uh, the autograph table set up where you had, you know, Chloe Bennett and uh, uh, John Barrowman's and then all the others where they had given, given them like a major, major amount of space. And then you walk down the aisle and then everything starts to you're walking back up like 200 or something. I, that's when I text Chris, hey, we're at 200. And he's like, we're at 500. When we got over to 500, we had been zigzagging so much. I was like, there's no way. We should have done it like, uh, yeah, should have done it like Mad, Mad, Mad World. Head for the giant X. That's yeah. the meeting area. Wasn't it, wasn't it like a map that you guys all had or anything? Yes, or was but it just yeah, like... no, because there was a map, but the problem was like the layout on the map, while it, you know, a, a, was a good general idea, but the signage above, like the signs uh, ran this way and all the tables ran this uh-huh. way. And oh, it also Jesus. was, I don't know if I love that on a, really... on a radio, like on a radio show, you're going yeah, this, this way, way and that way. Yeah, the signs <laughs> were perpendicular to the actual table rows. The way so... it was going. So but I, also, I don't think the map did a good job of the ones where the where the rows got split. Right. Because this is the same thing that happened at, I think it was Celebration, where you have a row, and all of a sudden there's a booth that is right in front of the row. Right. And so you would have to go around the booth to get to the other side of the row and then turn back. Yeah, essentially. So, that was quite loud. That That's the... Uh, let's, let's just stop listening to this beautiful are music. We visit, are we being visited by fairies? But catch one in a bottle and keep it with you so that you can have... There we go. Essentially, the, the signs ran north to south and the tables ran east to west. Yeah. And it made absolutely no sense to try and find anything by those that's signs. So, that's so annoying. Yes, it was wow. annoying. It's like, oh, it's table 365. Okay, here's 300. But the tables right around this sign are like 400 and 200. Yeah. I think it's funny. It was, I think it was Art Adams' booth or uh, uh, table I walked past and... It's like he's just sitting there chilling, you know. Like no, yeah. one, no one knows who the hell he yeah, is. Mar- like Marv Wolfman was the same. It yeah. was the same thing where it's like, hey, it's Marv Wolfman. Well, they're and, not cosplayers, so nobody knew what they were. Right, they, and I felt bad. Like, is I mean, like by the end of the day, I saw people bring stuff for like Marv Wolfman. But during, like, I just walked by his booth, passed me, and I said, hey, really fast. And it was just like, it's like he's my creator of Teen Titans. Yeah. You know, creator of Blade and uh, amazing characters, Black pa- uh, Black Cat. You know. Nobody, nobody. But Chris is right. Well, I mean, if you go Not, by yeah. go by any of the cosplayer booths, and it was just ridiculous. Well, once they finally showed up, we had passed by those early. We were there like at ten thirty when I passed by the like the major you know ones that have this huge their cosplay presence. corner. Yeah, and they weren't even there. There was one one of the like major quote unquote names. Well, the was the there one at ten o'clock or whatever ten thirty when we walked by, but everybody else just didn't show up. It's always it, I always make that joke on Sundays. You can tell which artists want to make money and which ones don't 
because the ones that that don't want to make money, they're still hungover and they haven't made it to the show. Yeah. And you, when you walk Artist Alley, walk Artist Alley in San Diego at 9 a.m. Oh yeah. On on a Sunday and it's fantastic. Drunk, 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 drunk. You know they've got stuff laid out and there's a tarp over it and they ain't they ain't there. Um, well, the year that I helped you guys with the shop down there, it seemed like Artist Alley was laid out a little bit better. Of course, that was on the other side of it too. That was that was. Uh, they had well, last it seemed, year. It seemed like it was just laid out a lot better. Yeah, well, that's four years ago now. Yeah, last year Artist Alley was like a big square. It was it was weird because I just remember looking at it and this is this is bizarre. And Artist Alley was. I, I can't even describe how kind of odd it was seemed to be to me versus this where it was definitely a, a, a straight row and row and row. I mean, I didn't by going row to row to row to row. I didn't have a problem navigating because I kind of knew within in general vicinity which way we were headed and there's one part where we got screwed up because the booth that was behind us was was a long booth that covered the entire aisle yeah so we walked down like I know we've seen this booth before but that's because we went around and like in a circle and then but, there were like three or four pop funko booths yeah yeah a lot of booths that looked very similar to each other there was less there than WonderCon. WonderCon was the one where I first came up with the idea. I'm like, they should just take all the guys and put them in a circle. Everyone who sells pop funk vinyls or just pop vinyls are in a Funko circle corner. in which exactly. all of them face inside and you walk in and go, I'm looking for the Wally pop vinyls. I have it for ten dollars. I have it for nine dollars. No, just do an auction right in the middle. It'd be great. Because <laughs> you know, they all have the same thing. You I mean, have artist alley, you have, have Funko Alley. None of them have old ones. None of them have ones that are retired. No, it's always the ones that are readily available anywhere yes yeah. um, i don't know i found like there were there were a couple of them i found a couple them. because there's people that got the ones out of the um uh exclusive so like the the secret wars marvel box the miles and the female thor were in a couple of places and they were like 25 bucks a piece one of the guys had the the han solo and hoth um the brown jacket which i don't even know what that's an exclusive to yeah but that was you know 14 or 15 bucks over and then whoever had BB-8 would be twenty to twenty-five. Yeah, there was this one guy that was selling it, and he uh, got very condescending about, you know, I, I didn't. This is the first time that I've been to a con in a long time that I didn't wear like you know a Star Wars T-shirt or you know a pop culture T-shirt. I don't know if this guy just thought that you know, well, he's just you know one of those people that are here, you know, that's just kind of checking it out, doesn't know anything. But he was just like, yeah, see. Um, this character, BB-8, he uh, the reason he's more expensive than the others is because he is like the mascot of this new Star Wars movie that's coming out. He was the first thing that they showed, and you know everybody's kind of falling in love with him. And I'm looking at him he's going... He's not the first thing they showed. I know. I'm looking at this guy, and I'm like, you just fucking talked yourself out of a sale. Because, you know what? I, my, just, Beth, Beth just kind of laughed at him and walked off. Stop at Hollywood and Highland. The Hot Topic there has like 60 of them. Yeah. Someone just posted a picture like, okay, well... I feel stupid for buying anything on Force Friday because this place is stacked with all of these different pop vinyls. And I look at them like, how do they have so many BB-8s? That's sold out everywhere. Oh, yeah, well, it's like the and Apple store is carrying the Spiro BB-8. And I just walked by. It's like, yeah, we got, we got them. Yeah. We got them. No, because nobody thought to go to the Apple store. Although one of the artists had the Hasbro remote control BB-8. It's actually really big. Yeah, yeah it's tar- like nine inches. Much, yeah, is yeah much so I may... I may get that one just for the sake of its size yeah. not even really care about yeah i don't think i don't think the head is you know it, it detachable like the it, other. it is is it, it is yeah he no he i asked him it's like he's like oh yeah you know we had like he like the booth 
It was nice because like uh, she had like the, it was like her and two other people sort of running it, and he brought his BB-8 because she had done a BB-8 art piece for the booth. Right. But yeah, he's like, no, it's it's basically just like the Sphero, but instead of using your phone, it comes with its own wireless controller. Have you noticed that they are putting out a lot of RC Star Wars vehicles? Yeah, and it's, like it's I just cool. saw an ad at today at, at Toys R Us. Yeah, somebody was flying around one of the like the Airhogs quadcopter. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's uh, a, there's a Yeah, there's an X-wing version of that too. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, I'm like, like I, I think it's more like the, the plane or whatever. Yeah, you just gotta find some place to throw. Uh, so speaking about picking up stuff, anybody pick up anything at Long Beach? Um, I picked up a sketchbook from a mutual friend, Justin Rodriguez. He's an artist, and he also does freelance uh, production design work for animation. I always up. run out of money before I go back to his booth and buy something. I feel bad every time. Yeah, this I always want to get something like, from him, and I'm like, getting something. I, I gotta wait. Uh, no, I just I just added some more sketches to my sketchbook. That was nice. a big thing. There was not a lot of exclusive merchandise there that, like, really at all that I. Well, I don't, I don't know missed. if there's anything con exclusive. Yeah, that's but what it's I also to go back there's and not do. a lot of. It, there's not a lot of stuff that I can't find in other places. Yes, yeah. I ended up buying one of the the Tamahashi SH Fig Arts, the Vegetto, because like I had it for thirty bucks. Yeah, I'm like yeah. that's that's ten dollars under what. Or fifteen dollars under what Tamashi sells it for on their on their own, and then I picked up a couple of action figures, some some GI Joe stuff that was there, and I think that was it. I didn't pick up any trades or anything like that. Like it was there a show really... to walk around, and it was more because I brought I brought two friends of mine. I bought Nora and Courtney, and it was more for them. They bought a whole bunch of Transformers, and they got some some loose Star Wars figures nice. and stuff like that. So it was more of just kind of going through the con with them, and 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 having a good time and then we went to Johnny Rebs after which is always the best part nice yeah I, I that most especially at smaller conventions rarely do I go by and I see something that I desperately desperately need because I've missed it or I can't get it anywhere else so at this point it's just like oh I got three sketches I'm happy I kind of you know the getting you know having a sketchbook is actually a really nice feeling it's like oh I got something very unique at the show and mm-hmm. it's probably easier to do in smaller shows like that too yeah yeah it was but in terms of Wow, wow! Uh, in terms of a smaller show, though, like you mentioned, it, it's yeah, it was way in easier. a year. But in the sense of in a year, it's grown in terms of its audience so quickly. Yeah, it's it's definitely all of these shows seem to be growing at such an exponential rate. There was that report last year that this is the fastest growing uh, industry related to entertainment. These pop culture cons are just exploding, and as they try to keep up with everything else these very specific you know comic conventions or or pop geek culture, conventions yeah. or pop culture conventions are just it, it's people can't get enough of them it'll be fascinating when the bubble bursts it'll yeah. be weird when the bubble I'm bursts not gonna, and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna doom and gloom or say it's gonna happen you know in the next couple of years but it but it's a, it like like anything you know it's it's you know it's hip to be square right now and it's a bit of a fad and you know and when it does happen when that bubble does burst you know even steven spielberg was like look you know, we all are making superhero movies, but there's going to be a day when they're not going to be interesting anymore. Just like, you know, big heavy sci-fi movies used to be very popular. So it'll, it'll well, be yeah, interesting Yeah, you had action see. movies that then fell apart because they, they couldn't take themselves Westerns seriously. Westerns were like that. Yeah. And so it'll be, it'll be well, fascinating to see because part of me do, does wait for the day the nerd apocalypse happens because I do want to be able to go back to the larger shows. Will that happen before the zombie apocalypse or after? Or I will really, that be the I mean, cause to, of the zombie? To be completely honest, I don't think you're ever going to get back to that. No. No. Long Beach is always going to be a show, it's a and it's going to be it's yeah. going to be a decent size. Um, there was an well, article I read today about there was a, a gentleman at uh, 
Fan Expo in Toronto, and he was talking about um, the autograph culture of the, you know how expensive it is. He took his girls because they found out that the the Rupert Grint who plays Ron Weasley was going to be there, and his experience of spending two hundred and sixty dollars to get Rupert Grint and the two brothers, the two the twins, yeah. stood in line for like two hours, walked up five seconds, take a picture shuttle them along he's like what are we doing sort of thing like, that that culture has existed for a long time right right i mean i bought david Prowse's autograph in 1993 for 15 bucks you know that's how long ago this is this has been happening for a long time you look at something like this I mean, all these things are growing there's all these cons you have ventura now has a con that has yeah. a decent size you've got long beach has gotten bigger and bigger long beach has two <clears throat> long beach yeah the, the long beach expo that they do in the spring which used to be a one-day show which was basically a bunch of vendors would show up and sell crap. Right. Is now a two-day show in which they have artists and vendors and yeah. and, and local uh, local shops and stuff like that. So, but it, you know, it's fascinating, even with the rise and like the, the nerd culture. That's what it is. My mic died. Is that what it was? That's what that's what that is. Uh oh, their equipment's cursed today. Oh, it's not today. It's every day. <laughs> Just let it run. Hello, hello. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting, uh, especially with nerd culture. Yeah, you know, it's in vogue. Even you know, comics were really big in the late '80s, early '90s, and then it had its crash, and then it. But the thing with comics is, comics even in the yeah. '90s that were big were insular. They yes, were big within insular. the comic culture and with a collector culture. Yes. This is you have somebody who I liked that Iron Man film, so I'm going to go to a con yeah. for three days that cost me seventy five dollars to get in because I dig Iron Man. Right. And that's where this culture is so different. Yes. And you have something that you've never had before in this cosplayer culture in terms of celebrities, celebrities, whatever you want to call them. E-celebs. Whatever, yeah, whatever it is, that didn't exist. You used to no, go and go. Exist. I mean, I, I remember when seeing a Stormtrooper was still exciting. Oh, because yeah. Because there was yeah. only like 10 of them at yeah, Comic-Con. exactly. And you go be, like, oh, my God, so you expensive. made your own. This is awesome. This is amazing. And now, you know, five first walks by, you're like, whatever. Yeah, well, now it, if you it don't, used to be, it used to be so price restrictive to even see those costumes for people to make mm -hmm. them. Yeah, but it, it, it is no, it is totally fascinating because I mean, even what like a year and a half ago, two years ago, there's still like that growing like, well, cosplayers are ruining cons because you know people are going to see them and not the artists or writers anymore. It was a big, it was a big, you know, sort of kerfuffle about it. And that stuff is sort of still in the back. I'm not, you know, targeting cosplayers specifically. The only thing well, that bugs the, me about cosplayers, really, though, is and people that cosplay more than one con should know this already and should be very aware of it, is if somebody wants to take your picture, move to the side. Don't stop the entire aisle so one little person can take a picture. Because what happens is that one person takes a picture and then 30 other people take pictures right then and there. Well, that's why those concourses have become so huge in yeah. terms of cosplaying right. is... A lot of them do go out there. The cosplay thing is is it's, it's, it's definitely example. there because yeah. well yeah, but it's 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 still to some degree a concern because you have people showing up to see what would be considered a celebrity, and it depends on where you put them as well. I've heard right. artists complain about complain about having cosplay in the artist alley because yes. like, you have yeah. forty people that are crowded around, you know, uh, uh, like uh, Yaya Han, or yeah, something. or someone like that, and. It's what ended up happening with Dustin Ewan's booth two years ago right, at Comic Con. Right, the guy next that. to him finally just screams like, "Could you please get away from the front of my booth? No I one can see yeah. I'm here." Yeah, but there's also there's nowhere to go. These these big kind of artists. That's why they moved a lot of those guys at Comic Con. Yeah, and, and I think that was a, I think that was an interesting solution too. But yeah. I think at the same problem, you know, I mean, it's you know, right? It's cosplayers now, but even when actors and stuff used to sort of be mixed in, like even at Comic Con where they were sort of on the outer border 
of like Artist Alley where you'd see like yeah. you know the original Boomer. You'd see like Lou Ferrigno or something. Yeah, Lou you see the guys. You see the guys that did that autograph circuit before the autograph circuit became a bigger, the big thing. Yeah. 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 You know, Lou Ferrigno used to always be at like mile high. He yes, at that corner yeah, or exactly. Is he still? I think he's still there. Now. And it, you know, it was even when they used to have like Playboy models used to be at Comic Con. Oh yeah, at yeah. Those booths. <laughs> when my ex girlfriend found out that I met my favorite Playboy playmate of all time, she's like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, this is November '98 at Comic Con. <laughs> really? You're not allowed to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> but still, I mean, there. Uh, it seemed like at Long Beach, they, if you, especially if you look through the program guide. The amount of cosplayers compared to celebrities, uh, you know, artists or whatnot was overwhelming. Like, it was like three to one. But I, think, I think that's also the virtue of but it also being you, Los Angeles, too. Well, yeah, there's that. And the, the scary thing is they split because Alamo City Con was that same week. And four or five yes. really big celebrity cosplayers was at Alamo City, along mm-hmm. with a lot of, quote unquote, B-level of cosplayers. So for the number that they had at Long Beach, it could have been a lot, a lot worse. It's the wrong verbiage to use there, but again, it, it's just like everything else. It's an interesting phenomenon to watch and see where this goes. They're relatively inexpensive to the type of other people that you pull into a con. Yes. So you can have something like Long Beach that gets Chloe Bennett from Agents of Shield and John Barrowman from Arrow, among other things, and you only need those two people. Because right. you then have all of these minor celebrities that people will come see, and we'll we'll buy a thirty five dollar ticket for one day, right? Just to go, to see go and meet, you know, Sam Witwer, Whitner. yeah, Sam yeah. Witwer, or the or the, they'll, or they'll go see like for a specific cosplayer, or even a specific like I know I've been like, oh okay, well if this artist is going to be there, that has sort of sold me, you know, and it's again it's a comic convention, so I'm going to have fun anyways. But it's always like, yeah, if there's like that tipping point, the the one thing that's going to yeah. make like okay, my favorite artist is going to be there. You know what? I'm I, that has sold me on going. I mean, right. for me, it, it's still the, the price still shocks me for it. Yeah, day. it was like thirty five thirty five dollars for a single day. I'm yeah. like, oh my god! The first the and when you're first walking time around we it, you mean you, if you can get through the con, you know, the whole floor within the first hour and a half, you know, just walking it and and doing you know and and looking not really if, going. If through. it was just me, if I wasn't with Courtney and Nora, I can do that con in forty five minutes because right. there's a lot of booths that they walk into that I don't care. Right, you know, the first booth that we turn the corner and there's a whole bunch of Star Wars merchandise. Courtney's interested in it. I just, I'm just kind of standing there, like I've seen all this. I don't, I don't need to worry about any. <laughs> I of this. have most of this. Well, it's just it's it's the new stuff, and I know for the stuff that was quote unquote released on Force Friday, I I bought what I wanted, right. so I'm, I'm good. And so for me, it was going through a couple of places with comics and and trades and. Um, well, I don't think I looked at one trade while I was there. Uh, I flipped through a couple places, but th- there's I stopped there's by Pulp Fiction, but I didn't that are really... really. Well, Pulp Fiction doesn't bring anything anymore. Yeah. They used to use that show to get people to buy stuff there and then go to Pulp Fiction later. I went to Pulp Fiction on the way home, and they said the woman that was there said it seems to be. She's like, I don't understand it either. I think what they're doing is they're trying to make people come to the store before they go home. <laughs> because it, it is it's like 15 minutes from the con yeah. so I still um, wish they didn't put that laser tag arena and just spread things out a little more that's like well did you notice there was a uh, a nail salon in there yeah what yeah. yes they were selling like these uh, nail imprints like the, like the press on 
Well, no, no, no. Which it's, is, it's, it's, here's the surprising thing. Well, we I'm ended su- up buying it. Then. I'm surprised he's talking about the nail salon, considering they also were selling booze. Yes. Yes. No. Well, yeah, we were right. more than oh, one place, right and the oh, lines like, were so long. Like, yeah. like a celebration when they had like a bar yes, yeah. Every, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. every couple they yards. The, but this is carts. at 10 o'clock in the morning. People were buying their alcohol. And, yes. And, uh, and my wife looked at me and goes, Really? Before yeah. noon, at least you know. At least wait till noon to do I, it. I myself ran into somewhere. at least three drunk people, and then my friend Andrew went, and then some other drunk guys like, yeah, you know. Do you started, think that yeah. something like that would be acceptable at, at Comic Con? No. Do you think they would do that at Comic Con? No. Yes. no. Uh, what I, well, oh, I think they will. Uh, well, uh, you know, I, there's, I say there's a there is a lot of money to be had there because that, no, that's very true. If and a I soda no that costs them twenty five cents, they're gonna sell for seven bucks. Can you imagine what a beer is going to be? A bottle can, of beer is going to be eleven fifty. Can Comic Con do it as a nonprofit though? Uh, yeah, I, I said no tentatively because, because here's the thing: there are it's way a too many content, uh, cosplay is not consent signs for them to allow drunks <laughs> in the convention yeah. center. The thing is, the vendors within it—that's a contracted thing. Yes, that's that's the the uh, the convention center contracts. So they don't have to your... have the license or the insurance. That has to be with the with the vendor that they. Well, no, contract. it's it's the. Co- San Diego Convention Center is contracting who sells food and drink there. Right. What I'm saying is the San Diego Convention Center, if you have, uh, you know, food company A and food company B, and food company B is telling you, we're going to underbid. You don't have to pay us as much as food company A because we're going to make more money because we're going to sell alcohol. So you only have to pay us a million dollars. Whereas food company B is saying we need two million dollars because we have to, you know, we right. have to just split the thing. If the first company is going to underbid because they're allowed to sell al- alcohol, they're going to do it. They're dead because the, the convention center. This is why the money in, in the, why the tickets went up so quickly. The convention center keeps charging more and more and more and more and more and more. And more. They're they're not a nonprofit. SDC, SDCC as a as a comic convention. Your CCI is a non-profit. Claims to be a non-profit. Yeah. There's, but the convention right. center... Yeah. The convention center and the San Diego Board of Tourism is not a non-profit. They're looking for the most money they could get. Right. Okay. So I, I think you could. I don't know if you will anytime soon. But okay. I was shocked that they... If, I mean, if they did it at a celebration, they could do it at anything. Yeah. No, that's very true. I say no... Ten, because for me, it was just one of those things like... Like, we went to... Did we go to WonderCon or was it a celebration where we got handed... Like cosplay is not consent. That was that was at WonderCon. Well, like WonderCon, we, we, we yeah. pick up our badges and it's like, oh, here's our, here's her here's her packet with your brochure and everything. I know. Don't touch no butts. <laughs> Stop touching all the you butts. harasser. Here's a thing to let you know not to harass. You're yeah, the only person that got that, by the, the way. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you guys didn't get that. No. Well, Sebastian has a camera, so yeah. Oh, that's right. It's like oh, creepy photographer. Sebastian. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so okay, so take off your skirt and get two pictures <laughs> of you. Let's let me, go around the room real quick. Let me set up my lighting. Which oh my god, that's the other thing that I like. Look, if I can. Take pictures in the low light of the Long Beach Convention Center. They got to stop other people from bringing their trolleys to. Yes. Like, oh, hang. Oh, can I get a picture of you real fast? Stop trolley. Pull out lights. Pull out their. Well, that was this is exactly what Rich talked about. That happened in Artist Alley. This woman in something. There's like four semi-professional photographers that are now in the semi-circle on the other side of her. Like, okay, hold on. Just look now. Look at me. And I and I saw like, guys, can you just fucking move? Right. Just, just move out of the way. Cause I, no, because I was well, telling, I was oh, telling a friend of mine. Move the fuck out of the way. Come yeah, on. I was telling a friend of mine about it. He's like, what? That seems kind of ridiculous. And then we walk by. He's like, see all that lighting set mm-hmm. up? He's got an empty cart right behind him. And just like, okay, let's. You know, it's like, all right, I'm done. Pack everything up. Drag it along until he meets the next guy. It's like, dude, come on. That's a fire hazard. So I, I saw the biggest faux pas for a con at uh, 
Long Beach, though. Someone selling <laughs> <laughs> It was a woman pushing her dog in a stroller. What? They brought she brought her dog into the convention center in a stroller. In a stroller. Oh my god. Jeez. I'm like, if what I would the, see you at Comic Con, the bat hound, was it? No, that one we oh, saw. No, at the yeah, end of the day. One, dude, this woman had a dog that was bigger than you, Sebastian. She was she I was dressed it. as a she was cosplaying as Poison Ivy, and she had a mastiff. And it walks by at one point, and I looked, and I was like, "Is that is, is she cosplaying as Ace the Bat Hound?" Or so they ended up we ended up buying literally larger than you. It was huge. And it was only a year and a half old. It was still growing. <laughs> oh, God. That's what happens when you genetically engineer dogs with a gigantism. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's figure. I wanted, uh, This is a question I wanted to find out from everybody. Shauna, how many cons have you been to this year? Let's see. Let me count. Um, so you got WonderCon, so you got, WonderCon got Celebration, Anime, Anime Expo, Comic-Con. Did we go, in, did we go to any earlier in the year? D23. Yeah, D23. Um. That might be, that might that might that might be that might be it for me, Sebastian. I've got five, and then uh, so far, uh, yeah, so far. But then uh, Kamikaze's coming up, mm-hmm. so that's the last that'll one. be six, yeah. yeah. That'll be that'll make it six. Chris, I think I only have four. WonderCon, Celebration, Celebration, Comic-Con, Long Beach, Long Beach for a day, and Kamikaze. So that'd be five total, which so is I, actually really low for me. I have five, and then a sixth one coming up with Kamikaze. Has anyone gotten con shock yet? And just like said, okay, I'm I'm getting to the point where it's. Uh, I only go to the, most of the conventions for apart from Comic Con. I usually just go for a day, so I don't tend to wipe myself out. So that not also, me. It, it depends on who you go with too. Yeah. I mean, said if, if if Courtney and Nor- Courtney and Nora were not going, I wouldn't have gone. There was no reason for me to go. It was they were supposed to go. And then they said they weren't going to go, and Nora couldn't have to work. It's just a whole thing. And I said, if you want to go, just go for a day. Because they tried to make it. It's like, we got a cosplay, and we got to get a hotel, and we got to do this. And I'm like, why don't we just go for a day? Let's just go. And just, just let's just walk around and shop. And have fun. they went, and they're like, oh, my God, this has been great. And we left early enough that drove down to Johnny Reb's, got, got dinner, made it to Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. walked out of Pulp Fiction with, with a couple of books, and got home at a decent time. Like, this is very different. I see. This is this is kind of what cons in Southern California are. That year that we went to, the first year that we went to Central City, or Central Coast, or whatever the one in Ventura. I mean, yeah. that was the same thing. We showed up for a day, no big deal. Mikey and I used to do Sundays all the time. Do Long Beach on a Sunday, do Long Beach Expo on a Sunday. Would do the Shrine once a year just to basically look for stuff. Okay. So. Did um, did anyone stay in Long Beach till the floor closed at seven? Yeah. You did. Yeah, I did. And it was all right. I mean, we went to lunch uh, in the afternoon around two or so, two or three. But it was just, you know, everybody sort of went and did their own things. Like, we all sort of like, okay, what do you want to go do? And then uh, yeah. one of my friends was like, he just moved. So he's like, I'm looking for posters or lithographs to put up. And he sort of took the time to, like, you know, look around and try and find good stuff. Me, it's like, okay, hey, you want to do this, you know, do a sketch in the book? Okay, leave my book down and just walk around and took photos. Did anyone do any panels? No, the only one that I like, I did. It was said that I missed. Like they had like a JPL panel mm-hmm. at Long Beach. That was yeah. Like, it was a big thing for the science thing. I, I missed the um, they had one that had voices from the old GI Joe cartoon. Yeah, I saw. And that I too. saw it, and I circled it, and I wanted to do it, and I kept watching the time. But right away, because it started at one, in like twelve forty-five, we were like right in the middle of something. Like we must have been in in booths that that Nora and Courtney were really interested in, where it just 
I didn't feel like it was time to say, hey, I'm leaving you for about an hour. I'm going to go up and do a panel. And it was also like, if this is the longest I've been at Long Beach since the first time we were there. Okay. Besides working it? Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of a thing. The last two years that I went with Mikey, we, we finished that. We can finish that floor in two hours. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. again, like yeah. we walk by something and it's a bunch of toys. Mikey isn't looking for that. Last year, that's not what I was looking for. So it was no big deal. I mean, this year I looked at a lot of loose toys. I looked at um, pop vinyls because I got suckered into it <laughs> because of stupid episode seven. And I'm an idiot. Well, you, you, um, you bought like what six last week? No, I bought I bought four since first Friday. I bought two. You bought, and I didn't buy them on first Friday. I, I bought two of the new ones, and then I went back and I bought the the Hoth Luke, which is one of my favorite uh, outfits, costumes, whatever that he had. And I bought the speeder bike. I thought I had the biker scout, but apparently I didn't. So at some point, I'll have the Luke in the in the, the pilot. pilot outfit. Yeah. That was probably one of the most interesting things. We talked to the guys with the Rebel Legion. One of the pilots was there, and he talked about just the helmet. Because Courtney really wants to do that full cosplay. Yeah. And I just said, I said, I just want to do the helmet. He's like, then just do the helmet. I said, Why don't I just do the helmet? And he explained, you know, there's kits online. There, yeah, you can, on YouTube, yeah. or not YouTube, but uh, eBay, you can buy a kit. And you it's basically the front two, shield. Yeah, yeah it's and two pieces, it's and a, they come together, and then the, the mohawk part of it. Yep. seals those or seals those two, and you just paint it however you want. Yeah, that was the big thing. I was like, I just kind of want to design my own helmet. And he's like, just go for it. Get and a, if you want, and he's to like, do. you can buy a foam head fairly cheap at, at a you know places that sell. You can get a Joanne's for yeah, five exactly. for five dollars. I was like, that's that's kind of cool. And I said, that that would be a cool accessory. And and I'm looking at him and going, I totally want to do that. Actually, so that was that was one of the more interesting things. It was almost like the, the when I was at Kamikaze last year and I talked to the Ghostbusters guys, just in terms of interest of like, how do you build a pack? And one of the guys is talking about the difference between the pack from episode, from Ghostbusters one, one and two. Ghostbusters two, and how hard it is to do the first one because it's built off of a jet seat or something like that. The it's, it's like a, a jet aircraft ex- ejector the, seat or something. The, the frame. No, it's the Alice pack frame, the old like Vietnam era backpack yeah. frame, and they're really hard to find. They're really expensive. Yeah, they're really. And he also expensive. said that the, I guess the rainbow. That's a computer cable. The yeah, the computer cable. cable that doesn't exist anymore. Right, you have to. Yeah, they're, they're like people. solid blue or something. With well, yeah, because like... the in Ghostbusters two they made them gray, and also like mm-hmm. the angle that holds the Neutrona one is angled in Ghostbusters two because it was easier for them to lift them out. In the original, it's just straight up and down. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of differences between them. Was, I always always wanted to make one, and you can get like pre formed pieces. Yeah, that... and then you have to paint them, and then there's some like uh, I know there are some guys like on Thingiverse that have like a 3d printable like pieces for things you can't yeah get. this guy for rebel legion he said there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there and he gave us a couple of names is they're very they're very accommodating to get the the inside of the helmet the foam mm-hmm. you can get pieces that are custom to your ears so it fits better if you decide to wear it gotta fit an oculus how to get the yeah, get cool. the visor down and stuff like that so no I, that 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 was one of the things walking away i was like it's kind of exciting so it was nicer because i want to do that before before summer next year i, I want to build my own helmet because i've always wanted to just design yeah. a helmet that's all I've ever wanted to do. I mean, I'd, I'd love to have the full pilot costume, but I'm not going to cosplay as Porkin, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> but just having the helmet you could would do be Porkin's awesome. Sun or something. No. Actually, that was one of the more interesting things we saw when we went to Forest Friday. They had like a basically a blank stormtrooper helmet. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah, you could draw on, you could draw on it and everything. Yeah, and I thought that was actually a really really cool idea. And for twenty bucks too. For, yeah, it was twenty yeah. bucks. It was, I, I mean, not exactly one one, but it was pretty close. It was, well, I don't think. Uh, I think it was 
it wasn't one one. It was it was like maybe three quarter. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. It you couldn't put it on a head. Right. And it was. It but was, it makes for a great display. Oh yeah, it yeah. makes it. And it makes it for a great customizing. Yeah, it, and I thought that was really cool. Like the, the box art was looked like Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, and, I know. It's like David Bowie Stardust. Yeah, David Bowie. Since we need to change topics, anyways, I'm just going to stop and point out that as we're watching Monday Night Football, the San Francisco 49er cheerleaders look like they're wearing black latex. Oh, I Because for I, some I reason they have black and red as their colors for the opener. These uniforms are ugly. Anyway. So anyway, it's yeah, uh, Jessica move, Jones. Today. Yeah, I was going to say, let's move, let's move topics. Uh, anybody, everybody seen the trailer, the teaser? I kind of dug it. It was, I mean, a, it, was, it was a teaser. It was, it's, it, it's, it's a teaser teaser because it doesn't really... Yeah. The only thing I thought was cool is uh, Alias Investigations. On See, the I yeah. like that. And I... I Although I think they I did still that. Curse J.J. Abrams for taking the name. Well, I th- but I think they did that in order to to get the alias fans to realize that yes. there's a you know there's a connection. Right, and the uh, and well, I think I, fans that are really alias fans are going to realize that. I mean, her yeah, name's in the damn title. Yeah, and the uh, oh, that's true. The other thing I like the the purple. If you story. read that whole story and you're like, I don't know what this Jessica Jones thing's about. I wonder if it's about that same. Pre- it's like, come on, really. Yeah, I did like the purple though. Yeah, the purple smoke uh, reminded me of Purple Man's pheromones. Yeah, and uh, the first pictures of David Tennant as Purple Man are out, and he's got like a nice purple suit. So, but the best thing about the teaser was that they gave the date of when it's going to air. Yes, which is November twentieth. Yep. Um, I'm excited. I, I I'm excited, it... especially after Daredevil. I have high hopes. I'm gonna be tempered about it, but I'm not. I'm not worried at all i think they did a great job it's the same team so yeah between that and and the some of the quotes that came out after the the shake-up last week <clears throat> of um of kevin feige and everything where they said the tv is going to stay the same and some of the tv guys came out and said we don't have anything to do with the movie universe we're never going to tie ourselves into it in any yeah. really it, meaningful way other than you're going to be it's aware already, it's already loose yeah like especially with like daredevil season one it's like just they talked about the alien invasion of New York mm-hmm. and that the city yeah. is still under repair. And that was sort of the, the overarching theme. And that's good enough. And for that, me. That, that definite idea that, that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not, it's obviously something that's, it's TV in terms of, it's, it's, on, it's shown on a TV, but it's totally different. It has its connections to the yeah. movie verse, obviously. The you defenders. Know, been in it or whatever. Yeah, the defenders won't mean anything until we're gonna We're going to do this and this is it. And and I, I like it because it can be much more in, uh, insular, and yeah, you have yeah. something where you're really concentrating on just one piece, and you don't have to shoehorn anything in. So. Yeah, that's why I like it. And the defenders won't mean anything until they get their own show, and then they make their appearance in the Avengers like yeah. they're scheduled to. That's mm-hmm. it. That's fine. But, it's nice because even the stuff for Daredevil with Punisher, really yeah. cool stuff. Speaking about the uh, the movie ver- movie verse, uh, Rachel McAdams confirmed she's going to be in Doctor Strange. Who is McAdams? I said McAdams. 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 You McAdams. Said Mc, you said McAdams. Bam. She's That's how bad she is. The girl I mean, from badass. Yes. Yes, because that's what people remember her for now. <laughs> that's what I remember her for. Yeah. She's like, in the notebook. notebook. Okay. It was the did. notebook. That's what made her a star. I'm trying to think of. Oh, she's in. um. What the heck is it? Oh, Wedding Crashers. Yes. yes. Yeah. And yeah. wasn't she in House by the Lake or. Something, something, one of those something others. like that. I, the time traveling movie, Lake House, or, yeah, whatever. What the hell it was? When, when you get that cat, they haven't said who she is yet, but the speculation is she's night nurse, which is kind of a semi-romantic relationship with Doctor Strange. And it's good when you see that when you have someone who's cast, and before anybody says anything, you look at it and go, 
she should be night nurse. And that's that's kind of like a good casting yeah. to me, where you look at it and say there's something about it. It's kind of like Martin Freeman when he was hired for Civil War, and nobody knows. And I look at it and go, that character from Christopher Priest's run in Black Panther, the attache for the United Nations. Right. That's who he should be. And who knows who he is, but if that's what it is, we go like, that, that's a great yeah, that's casting. That, they yeah, pick somebody that's one of those that, very subtle you pieces of get casting. It, yeah. that... Well, there was a meme that was out this week of the, the new Spider-Man, you know, and it showed, like, uh, you know, I'm not worried about being the new Spider-Man. Marvel's casting hasn't been wrong yet, and it's showing, like, all of the pictures of the different characters. Yeah. You know, and the different actors as the character. And it's like, you know, they really have been pretty spot they're, on with each one of them. Yeah. I mean, apart from, you know, things here and there, it's like, yeah, Edward Norton, I think I like better as Bruce Banner than I do. But Ruffalo's Ruffalo, not. But he's not a bad choice either. So, no, that's, I. That's going to that. be the, the secret reveal. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said, yeah, I said it yesterday. I said the uh, the secret to like Infinity Gauntlet or something or Civil War is you're going to see Edward Norton as Bruce Banner and the Hulk, and it will be he's the Ultimate Universe Hulk that had shunted over, and it's like, hey, you get the best of both worlds. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of best of best for both worlds, um, we're talking about next gen now. <laughs> no, but apparently. Apocalypse is starting to look more like Apocalypse. Yeah, they did their color corrections on him. Yes. And, uh, if you notice, cool. also there was one picture that uh, that that. Uh, Which, by the way, I just want to point out that had when everybody said that, or like she's probably, she's probably maybe they just haven't finished his coloring yet. Right. And they I also, said it that week. I but said, it looks like he, he has a, he has the lines for the you know around the mouth now that he didn't. I don't. Yeah. That's, I don't think those pictures were done. No, they were set photos. Yeah. They're not and that's like, really lit. Yeah. They're like freaking out like I have a news jokes, but it's like yeah, but it's not finished yet. And I, mean, yeah, also, what, I think the it may be something where the blue on camera doesn't look good, so right. you shoot the purples because you were able to fill in the Properly blue later. It, yeah. Or if you're using green screen, doesn't blue pick up? Yeah. Also, yeah. Where well, it's, it's, it's like with R two D two. When R two D two was filmed in the back of the X wing on the blue screen, they colored his blue black exactly. because the blue wouldn't show up on the blue screen. Right. right. It would just show right through. It looked like he had holes in himself. Yeah. They yeah. also digitally erased his uh, pupils. So yeah. He's got the white eyes. It's like, yeah, guys, like. There's, yeah. There is such thing as post-production, you guys. Right. Yeah, that's where it came out. We, we, but it did. When they, for the, you have to be honest. The first picture did look like a Power Ranger. He, well, he, that's, <laughs> like, look, that's the thing is, like, he can still look like, like, say what they, people can say what they will about, like, the coloring. Like, sure, if you want to, if there's anything to complain about, it's like, he's not like a massive giant mountain of a mutant monster man. Mm-hmm. So, like. But yeah. again, if, if they, even if they go with. The original idea of Apocalypse. Apocalypse was a bit of a shape changer. Yeah, exactly. So he could change his size, so maybe we'll get that at some right. point or whatever. But I, yeah, that that freak out when they saw that picture. I'm like, guys, it's just not done. Right. It's like, you know? does it look great? No, but it's also one of those things where it's like, it's not done yet. It's yeah. not done. But he also like at least it keeps to the Egyptian themes. His costume mm-hmm. looks like it looks like one of the the Jaffa from Stargate. Yeah. It's got all the cool lineage. You know, people should have been more detail. upset about that then. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, he looks like so Sebastian. Yes. As a Godzilla fan, as a King Kong fan, are you excited that King Kong will now be filmed, or the production company will be Warner Brothers? No, because it doesn't excite me at all. One, because the last King Kong movie I didn't care for. But I also didn't care for the one before that either, the Dino De Laurentiis one. But this one's going to be the prequel. It's all going to be Devil's Island. Well, Let them fight. so was the so was the Peter Jackson. I know, that's the exact same thing I said. That's what Chris said. <laughs> but it's a, no, but it's also the thing. It's like it won't be a prequel to it because it's not Universal anymore. Universal somehow 
la- let the rights to King Kong lapse, and they got bought by you. Uni- they got not- bought by Warner Brothers. Well, the main re- the, what they said the main reason that they wanted it to go to Warner Brothers is because what they're pr- planning on doing is doing the the King Kong movie, then doing the sequel to uh, Godzilla, then. After those two, they're having King Kong versus Which Godzilla. Which won't make any sense because <laughs> King Kong is not that big. So either they're going to have to shrink Godzilla, or they'll have to, or they'll have to embiggen King embiggen. Kong <laughs> like, to the, ten times the size of skyscrapers. Uh, Chris, tell, tell him your your plot to King Kong, King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> it's, it's just forty five minutes of Ken Watanabe. These are two primal forces of nature. <laughs> Let them fight. Why? Because and then it's just it's two seconds of King Kong and you see two seconds of Godzilla. Let them fight. Let them fight. And then as they start to come close together, to be continued. That's the end of the film. <laughs> After yeah. forty five minutes. And it's also one of those things like the Godzilla movie wasn't that good. So well, right. Uh, no, Godzilla was amazing. <laughs> that whole thing where Aaron Johnson puts his family in danger for no reason. And this thing is like you know the payoff is like you know you want like there, there are really good actors and like the beginning of that movie is fantastic yeah and even the fight's fantastic but the, the fight's like fifteen minutes long the setup for that film is pretty good yeah the the here we go we're gonna talk about Godzilla again after uh, a bunch of times that we've done it before the um the marketing for that film ruined it by yeah. showing that first monster the Motu yeah because if you did, if you if you watch that film the first time and you don't know what's in the pit. You're like, oh, we're gonna get Godzilla. We're gonna get Godzilla, and then these like weird tentacles, like things, spider you're like, creature. What the heck is this? Yeah. It, you would forgive some of it, and also obviously Brian Cranston's character dies yeah, they way sold too him. early. Yeah, they sold him as the lead of the movie. Yeah, they did. Was, no. I was did you ever so read the? Um, it, there's a cracked article. It was like, it was like ways to make terrible films good or something. It's like five films that one change makes really good. And what they say for Godzilla is, the sun That's dies in Hawaii. So it's Brian Cranston's crusade against Godzilla, who has now wiped out two of his family, or the Motu. Uh, I'm sorry, the Motu has, has wiped out two of his family, and it's Cranston fighting against everyone who's trying to kill Godzilla to say Godzilla's the only thing that could destroy this creature that murdered my family. That been a much and more he's the one that going. Been so much he's the one going. Let them fight. You, Godzilla kills this insect creature, and then you can do whatever you want. But that thing has to die because it took my wife and it took my son. And you have Brian Cranston yeah. through the whole film, and like that would have been a, it would have been a much more personal film instead of it just being you know Quicksilver going. <laughs> I can I can disarm a bomb. <laughs> hey, honey. So this thing's coming to San Francisco. It's going to leave our it. son on a bus with a stranger. Gonna, he's going <laughs> to leave the son on the bus with a stranger. <laughs> gonna yeah. Call call your sister wife and tell her <laughs> to drop your son off with the bus driver. No, is it like? And then they show, like, isn't there like there's like 29 seconds of Godzilla? <laughs> it, yeah, it's just it's one of those movies like it's kind of it, the movie is just very like meh, on the continue in the continue of Godzilla movies it's not terrible but there's you know it's not great either. So but I just go like it's like so if it's a prequel to Peter Jackson's King Kong like you know which is not I, I think it's just going to be an original film. Yeah, I mean, they've already. They've, it's not like King Kong. King everyone, Kong story has been told six different ways, right. six different times. And I go so. like, well, I, I say I say prequel, but it's just meaning that it's not going to be the telling the story of. Bringing them to New York yeah, and all that. I don't that. care about that. I don't. Get the, well, that's that's I, that's the Godzilla versus. Is Godzilla shows up and they're like, "Hey, there's this giant monkey on this island. Yeah. Let's go get it. <laughs> go get it." And, and then it just comes and just like, it just looks up and looks up. Rrr, it got rrr, me. I just fuck this, and it just walks away. Like, yeah, nope. It's a thing. It's like what it is, it, it'd be like me fighting, you know, you know Shaquille O'Neal, just like. <laughs> 
this is this is a fight of um, just. I of... think King Kong's a little taller than you <laughs> compared to Shaquille O'Neal as Godzilla. <laughs> Regardless, God, King Kong is only like two. Or Those two. of you that don't know what we're talking about. Sebastian can go into the Disney store and fit into kids' just clothing, <laughs> and it's super cheap. So Sebastian it's like, would come to the knees the of Shaquille O'Neal. Right. I, I, I am 5'3 on a good day. And <laughs> if he stands up really straight. Yeah, yeah, it's you versus Yao Ming. So, but it's just like this ridiculous. It's like King Kong is only like three stories tall. He can fit a human being in his hand and fill his hand up. Godzilla in the new movies is taller than skyscrapers. Yeah. How is this even... This would just be King Kong getting stepped on by Godzilla in a 10-second fight. Let them fight. <laughs> Unless they're going to make King Kong as massive as him, then it's like, well, what's the point? Well, I that's don't... the part. That if you're going to redo the movie, yeah, you're going to have to... The King Kong exactly. movie You have, have to, to do be... like the Japanese He's... Godzilla versus King Kong movie where the King Kong in that movie is taller than skyscrapers and can well, use see, what happens is, in this prequel, King Kong is a lot taller. And he's a lot older... When he, when Peter Jackson finally gets a hold of it, so, so you know he's Peter shrinking. Jackson's he's Kong. like an Italian. He's like he's like the old Italian grandfathers, right? They shrink Somehow as they get older. I don't older. think that Kong is going to fight Godzilla <laughs> on the mainland and go, "Hey, let's go back to the let's island to where the no island. one's seen me before." So Peter Jackson's King Kong is really son of Kong. Yes, and that, that would also make that fight taking place in the 1920s. <laughs> yes, uh, which again makes no sense. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Look up there, there's a big gigantic lizard that's attacking New York City. <laughs> this Justin, gigantic ape creature, scales the Empire State Building to jump on top of Godzilla's head. Will his atomic breath take him out? Yes! This is very easy. This fight is over. It'll be like the end of the action one where they just walk away. <laughs> Have you seen? The, there's, there's a, a video going around. It's the, how Batman versus Superman would really occur. And it's like Batman's like, I'm Batman. Superman just like, shoots him with his laser vision and he turns into dust and he just smiles and flies away. Yeah. So, speaking about Superman versus Batman, thank you for doing that because you know, that was just completely by happenstance. Uh, what do you think of the changes that Warner Brothers is now saying where they want more Batman than Superman in the movie? Oh, that they've already cut out fight. most of Superman in the movie? Yes. I, I'm not surprised at all because that's what I thought they would be doing the moment they said... The moment they changed the movie's name... To have Batman first. first was like, well, Superman's getting cut out of his own movie. Yeah. Well, and except for the start, it was it was never going to be a Superman sequel. Now, well, it's, originally it's, they said it was going to be. A yeah, Superman. originally, the original on the original slate, it was, it was listed Man as, of as Steel Man of Steel Two, right? Batman, uh, but Batman very quickly, Steel Dawn of Justice. Yeah, it yes. became Batman, Batman versus, versus Superman. Superman they dropped Justice. Yeah. yeah. So the moment they made that big name change, I was like, well, Superman's out of his own movie. But well, the way they're talking is, is, my problem with it is when they announce that, they go, well, we need to establish who Bruce is and what happened to him and why he's not in the bat suit and what brings him back and all this. And I'm like, this movie's going to be two and a half hours of an origin story again. And then three seconds of let them fight. And then Luther's <laughs> going to be, hi, I totally screwed you guys over. All of a sudden, he's played right. by Ray Romano for some reason. <laughs> oh, my brother. So <laughs> The, Bye, Superman. the best segue in history. Speaking of DC cutting things out, DC just cut. They decided to cut seven more titles. Why do they do that? Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> I got the. I got. I got seried by. Uh, Whoa! Like like the White House. Uh, yeah, Whoa. they they're cutting what eight titles? Is it eight or seven? Eight. It's eight. Is it eight? It's it's seven titles that they've admitted are canceled, and then Green Lantern. Uh, Lost Army is not 
on the schedule. So let's yeah. go over the titles. So they canceled Justice League United, which we'll get back to in a minute. Gotham by Midnight, Omega Men, Lobo, Doomed, Batman 66, Sensational Comics featuring Wonder Woman, and then, which were officially canceled. And then uh, Green Lantern Lost Army was just not in the solicits for the month of December. Um, DC kind of backtracked today, apparently, when they were contacted by CBR saying that Doomed and Lost Army were always intended as six-issue minis, but they've never been solicited as such. Neither of them say one of six, like Batmite, right. uh, uh, Harley versus Parley, uh, for, uh, Harley versus Harley, Harley versus Power Parley. Girl. Um, uh, and then... Yeah, so they get those Batman sixty six final issue features art by Mike Aldred. So what about what's and the Batman sixty six versus uh, the Man from Uncle then? It's it's just a new miniseries. Okay, it's just, yeah, it's a miniseries. So the, it's the, like the, the ongoing Batman sixty six, okay. which contains single issue or double issue stories, is now canceled. What they'll probably do is they'll they'll solicit pitches for Batman sixty six doing whatever. Right, Batman whether it's six versus the versus Spirit Green Hornet yeah. versus Spirit versus Man for Uncle. Or even just, hey, I got an interesting Batman 66 story. I think they were struggling to find people who could work within that parameters. This is my personal opinion. The final issue features art by Mike Aldred. It's written by Lee Aldred, just his son. I think so. I think. So that'll be the final issue for that. So what you're going to say is anytime that Warner Brothers has a property from an old 60s television show that they want to make sure that they're going to get some extra little push for it, they're going to do a Batman 66 versus whatever that they is. They should have done Man from Uncle before the movie came out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you'll see that they can do something interesting in this is that they've done the, the um, Linda Carter Wonder Woman as mm-hmm. a one shot. And now yep. they've done, they're doing a second one shot. Right. Uh, so the Wonder Woman 77. Right. I have a feeling you're going to see that crossover. Batman it's going to be like it's going to be it's going to be like yeah they're going to be like in 1971 you know when the beginning of her career the end of Batman's career or whatever I mean that's you've got I, that thing there to I thought do. that the exact same thing because I was actually hoping that they would do uh, they were going to do like when they announced Linda Carter and they were that they would do a Trinity with uh, like a Chris Reeves Superman miniseries yeah or even do George Reeves in the 50s or something right you do the radio right, exactly you can do 50s 60s can do 70s the, yeah you can do a radio serial type. Um, yeah, because it's really that, what that that TV show was. I mean, it was just yes. basically a radio. Yes. And then you go even farther, and you do the '90s Barry Allen Flash and Adventures of Clarice, Lois and Clark, and you can just do all of these. Basically, well, which they actually Burton's are Batman. technically kind of bringing back. Well, it's not the show, but they did announce uh, Lois and Clark, uh, a miniseries about uh, Lois and Clark. They're saying like, look, we're, I get the feeling they're trying to ease people back into the Lois and Clark relationship, so they're doing a six-issue miniseries. That's an Elseworlds about them having a happy life and Superman and Lois. And yeah, Lane. if they had continued on their... Yeah, if they continued on the relationship sure, path, yeah. it was like the new 52, which has me excited because for me, it's like, oh, great, perfect. I get to see that. Well, there's there's, a, there's two stories like that because there's now a Teen Titans story that has that as well, where yes. the Teen Titans remember that they were right. they're Titans getting, they're doing, before or something like that. Yes. I, I, Brandon was explaining it to me, and I can't remember. Yeah, what they're it was. basically doing the like, peop, like, like across the DC universe, people are quasi starting to remember what the timeline was before the change new crisis right well because well, the convergence supposedly did but although it didn't really change part anything. of the way it's right. going to be the new now crisis because well, even in all new all different all here all yesterday all tomorrow the crisis. old 52 crisis all bleach so all were there. any of these titles anything that anyone was reading I mean, obviously no. there weren't because that's why they're being canceled. But no. I, I don't, I don't know anyone who reads any of them except Justice League United. Yeah, that was and the Justice League United was the interesting one because there are there are six or seven titles that, according to Diamonds, um, 
uh, monthly chart sell under Justice League United stuff like Midnighter, Martian Manhunter, um, a couple others. But the JLU, if you're going to use the Justice League in a title, and it's not performing the way that the other two Justice League titles are, not that they're you know any great shakes either. That I think is the reason that you get rid of it. You're just like, there's no reason to really publish that book anymore. Right. I was actually not surprised. Like Omega Man, I tried. I just, I never. Omega Man had an interesting concept. They just didn't sell it very well. Right. And it's from the New Fifty Two, from the start of the New Fifty Two on. It's so much of that stuff. Like I was really excited when the New Fifty Two started with Men of War, because it was going to be something. To me, it was really interesting. Like how how do soldiers in a modern DC universe actually work? Because if you're sitting there as an army and you're in Afghanistan, you're going, why doesn't Superman just come clean this up? Like, right. why are we here? What are we fighting what for? What are we doing? What's and that's not purpose? what they did. It was, okay, how do they fight Bizarro or whatever? I mean, they had this superpower creature that they kept seeing in, a, in like a, a streak and then nothing ever came of it either. Well, the second stories that they had in there were more interesting than the original. Yeah, because they were just straight war stories. Right. And that was the thing that they were trying to sell was this is just either do a straight war story book, do the old Sergeant Rock book, or if you're going to do a modern book, you really have to delve into what is it like to be a soldier in the DCU. Right. It's just, I, I remember th- I thought of this when I was a kid when I saw like Superman three. Or like if you're a firefighter in Metropolis, why do you bother? Mm-hmm. If you're just sitting there and just you know screw the fire alarm, just go hey hey Superman, can you just blow the you got you got ice breath right? Just blow this out. They just okay I'm done. Well, how am I going to get paid? I mean, that would have been the interesting part. What do soldiers do when they're unemployed? Because the United States military has a huge cutback. They're like, well, the JLA is going to take care of a lot of this stuff. You so do we're an not epi- really worried about you it. Do an, you do an issue where Superman shows up in Af- Afghanistan and stops the war and they're all just, or the fight. And they're Let's just say when you, like, if, when, you tackle, when you tackle those real life uh, concepts in a comic, a lot of times it falls apart. I always bring up yes. the example. If you gave Barry Allen the power of a U.S. Marshal, he could shut down every single meth lab in America in about 24 hours. Right. There's no way in the Marvel Universe that I really believe that Reed Richards hasn't figured out how to stop AIDS. Or cancer. Or, or cancer yeah. or anything. It's like, how do these things exist? Right. When you have smaller problems, a lot of times, they, they always chalk it up to, well, Superman and the Justice League are too busy fighting Darkseid every other week, so they can't you know, step in and eradicate these street crimes. Then they change it to, well, humanity's got to figure this type of stuff out on its own. You know, I'm not here to save it. It That's what Squadron Supreme came out of. That's what uh, eventually um, the authority came out of. Warren Ellis is thinking of this idea. If you had a super team like this, they would try to fix the world. Because right. that's what they would do. Right. Like, why, why wouldn't you? not just stop crimes. You would also be trying to Yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole world. idea of Squadron is, isn't the whole idea of Squadron Supreme. Like, they, they stop everybody. Yeah. It's like, there's yeah. no more villains. So what do we do now? Well, let's fix everything. And then once you fix everything, that power goes to your head. And now there's villains because they're trying to kill you. Right. You know. Well, it's the, that's why when, you know, you know, a lot of people like, like the Silver Age, Golden Age, DC Comics, you know, for World War II, most of that stuff was just covers. The interior stories rarely ever dealt with any of the wartime effort. Right. Because the management at DC said it, they felt it would be disrespectful to have Superman come and win right. the war every week. So you got cool covers of, you know, Superman, you know, stopping a shell from hitting a, you know, a, you know, a boat or, you know, going in and taking out a machine gun nest or him walking arm in arm with, you know, you know, airmen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's cool. Well, that's why Captain America had the Red Skull. I mean, you right. have the great cover of him, you know, in Hitler and everything. Punching Hitler, but that's kind but of that's it. it. That's just the cover. Right. Yeah. You, you, you give Red Skull, you, you put Red Skull in there who can be a Nazi, but you know what? 
he's a different type of Nazi. He's the one that we can go after in this. So it's it's good we're fighting Nazis, but we're well, not it's, it's, messing yeah, with we're the Cap. To, yeah, we're Cap not trying to say be, we can win the war. Right. Well, that's, the Cap's easier because it's just a single person. As, as strong as he is, when they realize Hydra exists and they have super weapons, we're going to take Cap and the Howling Commandos and stick them on them. Right. You don't really think Cap and the Howling Commandos can take on the entire German war machine and win, whereas when you have Superman, you're like, yeah, I can. Yeah. If you have Green yeah. Lantern in, in World War II, like that guy could probably do Normandy by himself. Like he could just, Superman could fly into Berlin, go right drop and drop right down yeah. into Hitler. And you, he could just sit there like on the that, beach at Normandy. They could keep story. shooting him and just like you shooting all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Jerry and Joe actually did that story as a one like a like a one page like how would Superman win the war? Just to show like in a way because it you know it lifts the spirits of the troops, but another way right. to sort of show like this is why you can't do it because Superman in two pages flies to berlin grabs hitler and hirohito by the scruffs of their necks and then just takes them to the un for trial and that's the end of the that's yeah. the end of the story it's it, that's there's no fight it's just like all right time to go guys and the war is over yeah, Super, superman could end the concentration camp well, immediately he, you know you know and he just walks in and just or flies in takes all the nazis out and goes the, and then he, he goes and grabs the, a whole bunch of food and brings it in you know it's like okay and he, yeah you yeah. had the famous footage of, of uh, Hitler standing there giving the speech, you know, the first televised speech and everything. Right. All you have to do is Superman's up and, you know, uh, hovering above it. He just hits him with his laser vision. Done. Done. The, right. war's, the war's over before it starts. You yeah. know? So, yeah, no, it's, uh, that's why, like, they should have just brought back, like, Haunted Tank for those stories. Right. Do something really weird and out there. But the best Haunted Tank stuff was already written, you know, when they did well, yeah, the that, Vertigo that Haunted Tank. That modern Haunted Tank was terrible. <laughs> Oh. So, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, moving right along, and we are kind of doing a real cool segment thing here. You know, uh, speaking of weird and putting, mashing things up together, Batman versus, or Batman and the Ninja TNT. Turtles. How is that happening? That This is the first I've heard about it. They used to do crossovers all the time. I mean, I don't, that doesn't, like, it's like, yeah, the, but Batman versus the Predator. Batman IDW usually aliens. does crossovers. If they're going to do anything, it's usually with Marvel, not with DC. Because it's fun. No, I mean, they're, they're doing DC. Green Lantern Star they? Trek is Yeah, right Green now. Lantern Star Trek is, yeah. Which actually is not bad. Right. Very interesting story. Um, no, this this was the thing that got me excited. I was like, this this is cool. So since, like, the Teen Ninja Turtles are really, the, the inspiration started with Daredevil, which Frank Miller worked on. Of course, Frank Miller also worked mm-hmm. on Batman. So there's a lot of Batman influence in his Daredevil, and obviously there's influences from both in TMNT. So I'm excited. This should be cool. Yeah, it looks fun. I'm not, you know, they they used to do crossovers more often. Right. Yeah, and IDW has been open to these things. IDW has a great relationship with Marvel through their artist editions. Yes. They've they've been able to, and and Marvel has, has admitted, like, we wouldn't do these on our own. They're just too expensive. Right. So we're able to license it to idw and they get a, a portion of it but idw does all the work yeah they put the, they do all the basic well, i guess i guess being a and your own publishing house that you don't have to sign exclusive you know exclusive contracts with the other big guys you can do well it's it's it's, it's starting to have these sort of things too because Teenage Ninja Turtles is owned by Nickelodeon. Yes. So they would have had to clear this with Nickelodeon to work with Warner Brothers in, in all essence too so it's 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 a cool thing it's nice to see them do this sort of thing it's going to be a fun story. We've Who's seen doing the within, art? Uh, it's uh, Freddie Williams the third. Yes. So Ooh, it's, I haven't seen his stuff in comics in a while. Yeah, but he's 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 solid. He's good. I, I, I saw it and I was excited for it. It's um, is it? No, it's not James Tinian. Is it Burnham? Mm, no, it's not. It's uh, not James Tinian. It is James Tinian. That's it. Is him. But so it's definitely worth picking up, though. I think, I think so. so. It looks. It, I saw some of the art. It looks kind of fun. IDW it, stuff is fun. I mean, if you read um, uh. 
it, it's an in-house crossover when they did uh, Teenage Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters. Yeah, it was really good. It's fantastic because yeah. it's just a you're not trying to push it into your regular book. It's just a fun concept where the turtles like switch dimensions or whatever it is, or the demon mm-hmm. shows up. Or it's just I love when they do the ones where it's just DC used to do this so well with with, with uh, Predator and Aliens, where it's just the Predator exists in the DC universe, right? And it shows up in Gotham, and Batman designs this new suit. Adam Kubert does, or Andy Kubert does the art. It's incredible. It's so much fun. You have Superman versus aliens where Superman is trying desperately not to kill them. Yeah. Green Lantern aliens. You have Batman aliens, which is great. You have the alien that, like, busts out of the Joker or whatever it is. Yeah, well, they did, like, the Green Lantern alien, like, they put the Xenomorphs on Mogo because it's the safest place in the universe to keep them because Mogo is the biggest Green Lantern there is. I wish they would be able to reprint those because the alien stuff is very hard to find. Yeah. And it's really, really good. The, of course, the greatest crossover I've ever seen is because it actually makes sense within the universe. Is when Wildstorm still existed, there was a book called Wildcats Aliens, but it had it didn't have as much to do with Wildcats as it had to do with the fact that the Stormwatch satellite loses all it's, it's completely gone offline. The Wildcats go up to investigate and they find out the Xenomorphs are there and they've killed two thirds of the Stormwatch satellite, and they end up they crash the satellite in order to kill them. And that's how they relaunched. That's how they relaunched Stormwatch. When Warren Ellis was writing it, he took over in the '40s and he completely revamped it and he and he went in this whole new direction. And this was always his plan. He's like, I, I need to find a way to kill most of Stormwatch because I need a small team that's on Earth that's doing these things, and then that's going to morph into the Authority. When the option came up to use aliens, the Xenomorphs from the movies, like that's what I'm going to use. So it's a it's a it's a shuttle mission. They end up on this asteroid. The Xenomorphs are there. They infect the shuttle crew. As the shuttle crew is coming back towards Earth in a mayday, they end up on the Stormwatch satellite, and then everything goes haywire. Nice. And, and for the longest time, it wasn't collected. So you would jump from the end of Warren Ellis's run in the actual Stormwatch ongoing, and then the first volume of the next one, and it was just like, due to an accident, half of Stormwatch is dead and the satellite's gone. Now they're on Earth, and you're like, what the hell happened? It took a long time for them to finally reprint it. But it's one of the few crossovers that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, you use something that's... You never have to use it again, and it totally changed their entire universe. It was a lot of fun, and it was, it was the, like, the best... One of the crossovers I saw that it was just like, this 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 works. One of those things, like, this crossover actually means something. It totally does. That's cool. Shauna, you wanted to say something? I'm just going to say, I did not know that most of these crossovers existed. And I'm, I'm like, I'm about to have a heart attack right now. I'm like, I have to read all of these. Like, especially that Green Lantern Star Trek one. That is... well, that's, yeah, that's yeah it's actually right pretty good. It's the new, it's new Trek. But I think beyond that, they're sort of trying to keep them like the classic Trek characters for that well, The Star Trek uh, Doctor Who one was really good, too. Yeah, that was the next gen. That was next gen, and uh, the, it was all the prime universe Star Trek stuff meeting Doctor Who. Oh my god! Universe, and it was good. And because they, they also used the Doctors from the past as well. Yes, and it was the Cybermen meeting the Borg. Uh huh. And it was it was fun. It was fun. Oh my god! I That's also it. IDW's lucky because they get they, they have, had both they have, of those properties. They have yeah. all of these yeah, film and television board. properties that yep. they get to use. Yeah, and they get to do. I mean, they they did the. Then they use Ghostbusters like a bunch of different ones, I think. They did, uh, yeah, they did like for their own, their convergent, not their their own they like do infestation. Yeah, they do infestation and contagion, and, and then uh, like Ghostbusters. They did like the, the infestation TMT one's project. interesting too because there's actually because they did it with with zombies versus robots. Yes, that yep. was the universe that they used that infested everybody else. And if you follow GI Joe, 
in it, the idea is that the robot that comes over is what Cobra uses as the basis for their bat program. And if you read it, you're like, oh, that's kind of a cool nugget, even though you hate the idea that, you know, they they want universal universe swapping and all this other crap. But if you don't read it, you just don't know it. Right. They're just like, they just developed important. bats on their own and they never work. Yeah. And the... Shauna, you should actually go to a comic shop once in a while. <laughs> There's like comics in there that are really good. You can pick them up. I know. I just have so. I have a, I have a huge reading list and I discussed. And just... That's the episode yeah. we should do at some point. Comic books that you should read. The reading list? Yes. God. We should do we should do one episode of just comic books that you should read. One? That that's that you, you realize that's, that's my that's my life. <laughs> that's all I do is tell people what to buy because what they should read. I think we're going to wrap this one up now. Um, we'll get to the Star Wars stuff next time, and uh, yeah, that, well, that way you know we'll get to the Star Wars stuff next time because Travis has read Shattered Empire, and if he's here, then he can be on that, and it'll give Sean a chance to read it. Though. And, you know, everybody, if Sebastian decides he wants to read it, then... I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for Chris, Sebastian, and Shauna, I'm already saying check us out at Facebook.com, Nerdables, and on Twitter, we're at Nerdables Show. So we'll see you next time for episode 103.